Yo, welcome back to another edition of INT's The Podcast. I'm your host, A-Train, joined by my good friend and co-host, King. What's going on, King? Oh, not too... Well, you know what? There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a whole lot going on. There's a lot going on. A lot of good games this week, you know, a lot of exciting games, a lot of offense. Um, this yes. Weekend. A lot of teams topping 500 yards. Um, we can start with that. We can start with Tennessee and Florida. Um you watch that game? Any thoughts on it? You know, Tennessee offense just looks ex- explosive this season. Quite frankly, the most impressive offense I've seen this year. Not saying the yeah. best offense, but their offense has been just very explosive. Very, very fun, fun to watch. watch. Exactly. Yes. Hennon Hooker has been amazing. But in this, this particular game, you know, Tennessee wins 38-33 in a game where uh, Florida tried to make a ferocious comeback in, uh, in the fourth quarter. They were down 38-21. They scored two touchdowns. I do not, for the life of me, understand Billy Napier going for two both times because um, – These are the analytics. Yeah, but I don't agree with it. They, you know, they could have been down three after recovering their onside kick and had a chance for a field goal. But, yeah. you know. But, anyway, um, University of Florida, 594 yards of offense. Tennessee, 576 yards of offense. What are some of your takeaways from this game? Well, first things first. Hendon Hooker is my player of the week. I'm going to just get that out right now. <laughs> that, that kid showed up in a big game. This is Tennessee's. It's only their second time beating Florida since 2004. It's the yeah. first time since 2016. So this isn't a common thing for Tennessee to get a win over Florida. But, I mean, the kid threw for almost 350 yards. He added another 112 on the ground. I mean, what more can you say from this kid? They, he's got Tennessee as a top top 10 team again. Like, uh, I, I said it, you know, a week back, you know, hey, Tennessee could be a you know dark horse for second place in the East and a dark horse to win it. I'm not saying they're going to beat Georgia. I'm not saying that. Let's pump the brakes. The offense is good, and Georgia's defense isn't as good as last year. Hey, but you know, but you know. Georgia's still the king of the East until proven otherwise. I mean, but but have you seen the Little Giants movie? Yes, I have. One time. That's all. It One takes. time. That's, That's all, all it, takes. it takes. One time, because if Tennessee can beat Georgia, you know they could slip up in another game, but they would have their head to head. Um, it's gonna be a very fun game whenever they they do play. Oh, but that's yeah. looking that's looking ahead right there. But yeah, yes. Tennessee, like you said, been impressive. I Me, mean, um, Hendon Hooker, I almost call him Heisman Hooker, but hey, oh, I like I mean, the ring to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I almost call him call him that, but I'm, I'm a put. I'm gonna pump the brakes on that one, but Hendon Hooker, um, like you said, 349 yards, two touchdowns, 112 yards rushing. Brew McCoy, the USC transfer, got into some trouble in, in USC, you know, ended up transfer. I mean, uh, it, it, yeah, yeah, sorry, at USC, ended up transferring to Tennessee. He had a big game, five catches for 102. Yeah, but the, the thing that we brought up a couple weeks ago, we brought it up last week, and we're probably gonna continue to bring it up. Tennessee, they have to figure out defensively, they, they have to figure out something. 594 yards to Florida. Richardson was 453 yards passing on yes. only 24 completions. So that's an insane um, yards per completion rate that oh, he yeah. had there. I mean, every time they're touching the football, they're going yeah. places. Yeah, and, that's, and, and it's even more insane when you, when you when you figure that the longest uh, completion, I want to say, was like maybe 44 yards. I could be off on that. Maybe it was 60, but – Yeah, but um, still. Either way, yeah. Um, the, you know, uh, a lot of chunk plays, you know, for, for – for Richardson, also Justin Shorter, who transferred from Penn State a few years ago, didn't really do much at Florida uh, under Dan Mullen, but this game probably his best game as a as a Gator with over 100 yards receiving. But yeah, like you said, Tennessee. I mean, I'm excited to see that Tennessee Bama matchup. You know, because right now they got a bye week, then they got LSU, then they got Bama. If we get the third Saturday in October. Oh yeah, I mean, and depending on how the dominoes fall with these other top teams, we might have a top five matchup. Um, when that game kicks off, I mean, I'm not gonna say anything yet about the third Saturday. I'm not gonna make a prediction, I should say. However, I will be going to get a cigar, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know who we're gonna be lighting up for. You know, I don't know who's gonna be smoking though. But all look, Tennessee's offense makes me believe they have a shot. Yeah, I. I I just I don't think you can count out that team with the way that offense has been playing, you know. And 
As explosive as they were, did you watch Clemson versus Wake Forest? Yeah, I saw um, what I could of that. You know, um, my day job kind of got into the way of me watching the whole game. But, yeah, um, another game. Clemson, 559 yards of offense. Yeah. Wake Forest, 447. DJ Ukulele, I think I said his name correctly. I've been practicing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 371 yards and five touchdowns. Sam Hartman, my guy, 337 yards, six touchdowns. No INTs for either team. Um, just explosive game, explosive offense. We're down to overtime. Clemson pulls it off. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I will say, you know, look, praise to both quarterbacks. They're out there playing pitch and catch. It was it was a pass scale. Um, it's almost as if the pass rush never even bothered to show up on either team, which I must say disappointed me with Clemson. You know, Dabo typically has that defense playing at a high level. And I don't, you know, watching that team this past Saturday, they don't look like a team that's really going to make some noise come playoff time. Yeah. And you hear how Clemson, you know, like coming into the season, you know, Clemson was being touted as having quite possibly the best D line in the country. Uh, Tyler Davis had a big game, you know, big D tackle, mm-hmm. uh, six tackles, one and a half sacks. Um, big numbers for D tackle, like that's yeah, that that's great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you would like to have seen that a team in the top five like Clemson, um, will playoff aspirations. You would like to see them, you know, play better defense. But give Wake Forest some credit. You know, they're a team that I've been kind of hyping up for a while now. Um, I actually like Wake Forest. They're a team that's again also fun to watch. Sam Hartman, that's my dude. You know, I like I like watching them play as well. So give them, you know, some props as well. But uh, Clemson just a little bit too much in overtime for this one. But I thought for, for a while, I thought Wake Forest was going to pull it off. Oh, yeah. Like, Wake Forest did everything they could to win that game. You know, so it it's it's no disrespect to them. You know, hats off to them. I just – I was hoping to see more from Clemson. It's more of that. It's more of a disappointment with yeah, Clemson yeah. than any knock against Wake Forest. Yeah, but if anything, honestly, I'm going to look at it as a glass um, glass half full and just say Clemson faced their first really big test and they passed it. So I'm going to go with that. That is true. Um, Dave Clawson has done a great job at um, Wake Forest, so I, I give Clemson credit for knocking off a great team as opposed to, um, you know, the question marks that are there concerning their defense after that game. Well, I have a question for you. What's that? What do you think about uh, old Dabo having to pull his son from the game because Wake Forest kept kicking it off to him? So, yeah, I know you said it'd be that, but that has to be um, a reality check. It's like, son, <laughs> you're just not that good in football. We're gonna have to pull you. Yeah, I mean, whoo, that that couldn't have sat too well with the wife uh, <laughs> at dinner that night. Yeah, uh, ooh, I that's mean, a tough one. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. But uh, speaking of offense in the opposite direction, did you see Texas A&M win over a and I mean, over Arkansas. Okay. Um, I, I think this is the talk of the week. Yeah. Um, few things. Number one, we normally rag on Texas A&M. Uh, I'm going to give him some praise. I'm going to give him some praise this week. All right. Starting with that defense. We got an appearance of that top recruiting class this past week. Shamar uh, Stewart. Stewart, he actually picked up a sack this past week. Played a pretty good football game. Yeah. You know, the pass rush kind of got after it. I saw them, you know, putting a little bit out there on Arkansas. Uh, Max, Max is still a game manager, but I don't think it matters because the second best player of the week a shame had himself a football game. Oh, the guy is uh, yeah. uh like he, right now, uh, without without looking at other running backs in the conference, I have to say that he definitely in the running for first team, um, all SEC right now. Yeah. Um, again, I could be just having a brain fart and just forgetting about someone, but he's been very impressive. He's been the lone bright spot offensively for that team. And again, like you like like you mentioned, another big game, one hundred and fifty nine yards rushing. Yes. He's gonna have to do even more because I don't know if you saw this, but their top receiver, Aeneas Smith, is apparently out for the year with, with a potential leg. With, I mean, potentially out for the year with a leg injury. 
Um, yeah. they, you know, they, they haven't specified what kind of injury, but it's, you know, being called a leg injury right now. But, you know, to, to be out for the season, it has to be pretty significant. Um, and Max Johnson, like you said, game manager, but he has to play better if they're going to beat um, beat Bama, if they're going to beat LSU, if they're going to beat Mississippi State this weekend, who, while while A&M is favorite, I mean, while A&M is ranked, Mississippi State is actually the favorite in that game. Well, I think um, A&M's defense helps – Mississippi State, you know, I just as much as I want to praise their pass rush and how they got after it. Well, they did good this game though. You got to think they had two sacks today, but Arkansas only uh, attempted nineteen passes. Right, and that's just it. They they did well in the spots they were supposed to. The only downside to that is Arkansas got away from what was making them play really really well. I remember yeah, they tried to get to you, fancy. Yeah, yeah, I remember talking to you during the game, and I was like, "Hey, uh, first down, they called a nice ISO." Got about seven, eight yards, and you're like, okay. And then I said, they called it again on second down. Got another seven, eight yards. And I said, well, you know, this play is working. They called it a third straight time, got first down. And I said, man, the running game is working really, really well. You're up 14 nothing. I said, just put this game to bed. And then for some reason, Arkansas got too cute with it. They started calling yeah. jet sweeps and touch passes. I'm like, I don't know why you're getting away from that ground and pound while you have the momentum. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, Kendall Browse is, is one of the, the bright young coordinators in this league right now. Um, well, in the country, actually. Uh, he's definitely going to be a head, head coach soon, but I think he got a little bit too fancy. Um, yeah. You know, they were up 14-0, basically just running the ball down their throat. KJ Jefferson is, you know, playing great. And they just kind of like, you know, just try to get too fancy. And they're just able to come back and take the yeah. and hold they on. They took advantage of the mistakes and made plays. And and that's what we talked about is who are, who's going to make some plays for them. And we found a couple of guys. Now, yeah. can they keep it up? That's going to be the big question. Yeah, I'm looking to see if, if uh, on the offensive side of the ball, if Evan Stewart um, picks it up to pick up the slack from the loss of Aeneas Smith. He was another one of those highly touted five-star freshmen. He had a big game uh, in week two, I believe. Um, but he's going to have to really step up. But honestly, any receiver has to step up in the quarterback. So basically, they have no passing game. So they just need someone in that passing game to step up, whether it's, you know, uh, Stewart or, you know, just better quarterback play. You know, they need something going in the passing game because Devin and Shane can only do so much. Yeah, I, like I said, the week before, I think they're going to max out his touches. Um each week, I, I would not be shocked if he's hitting 20, 20 plus, to 25 per game. Yeah, almost hitting 25. And depending on the game, it might hit more. Yeah. Is, you know, a shame. Get, look, just have him. He should have his own personal ice tub. <laughs> you know, just because he's going to need it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, because he, he because he's not a big, big bat. He's 5'9". About a buck yeah. eighty. I mean, he's not the, the no. biggest guy out there, you know. So, no. like, you would hope you have someone else who could take some of that pressure off him because, again, he's he's a small guy. Yeah, he, but, he's not a very big guy. But yeah. He takes huge shots. I will say. That. Yeah, I will say that. Kind of like Warwick Dunn used to do, where you know, um, see the impact coming, kind of ball up a little bit, breaks for impact. So, yeah, he does. Yeah. He does that well. I will say that. Yeah, but. Uh, also, this week, um, we had some not-so-good performances from a couple of ranked teams, Oklahoma and Miami. Uh, which one you want to start with first? Okay, we'll start with the worst first, Miami. Miami was barely in this football game. You know, it, it was, what, 17-3 to at one point? Yeah, it was also 45-21. to no, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, 45-24 to late in the game, 21-point lead. Yeah. You know, like I said, mid-Tennessee went to halftime up 24-10. They were in control of this ball game. From jump. Yeah. like Truthfully, this game looked like the way it should have been in reverse. We expected <laughs> Miami to come out, establish themselves, they're dominant. You know, mid-Tennessee get some points at the end of the game and, you know, and mop-up duty. No. Mid-Tennessee showed up, played football. We we literally just had a conversation about Miami. What's it gonna take to get them back? Yeah, this that's, is not it. That's that's two losses. Um, disappointing loss to Texas A and M, and now this loss. I mean, 
if you're a crystal ball, I mean, you have to start figuring out what's going on there. You got to you got to try to you know get that ship right before you go down. Like another Miami coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but Middle Tennessee State, props to them. They of got $1.5 million to go to Miami and whoop, whoop up on the Canes. So, I mean, what better, you know. Honestly, if we were doing teams of the week, they're my team of the week right there just for that. Not because they beat Miami. They got $1.5 million to beat Miami. So, congrats yeah, to Middle Tennessee State. 400 yards passing against Miami. Uh, it's You would think that, you know, uh, Miami would have – the pass rushers to not allow that, but no. Well, yeah. Miami couldn't get the running game started. It was it, it was a rough one. But the big takeaway: What do you think about the benching of their starting quarterback? Yeah, I don't think it's permanent, but yeah, that's definitely a uh, a message being sent there because um, Tyler Van Dyke. You know, I've talked him up a few times on yeah. on this show. Um, he's a guy who. Mel Kuyper had, oh, sorry, Top and Shea had as the number four quarterback. Mel Kuyper had him as, uh, what did you say last week, the number 15 player? Yeah, he's like, num- he, he was in the top 35. Yeah. yeah. So, first round aspirations. Um, and I don't think he played terrible, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely. But he hasn't uh, played well all season. You know, for a guy, you know, to be fair. If I tell you about a quarterback who's most likely going, to, well, thought to go in the first round, I don't think he's put up the numbers. You know, yeah, on this season he's got four touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah, yeah, I mean you're thousand percent correct. I mean he hasn't really done a lot. I know, you know, the first couple of games, you know, his um, he wasn't really passing as much because um, the level of competition, but he played well in those games, but. Once the competition stepped up, he has not performed. No. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're a thousand percent right. I'm um, looking right now. Against Middle Tennessee State, he had a QBR of 22. Yeah, that's not going to get done. Yeah. So. I mean, but looking at his completion percentage against, you know, let's not count the game against Bethune-Cookman. He hasn't been that good against Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Only completing 50% of his passes and them only 51. You know, it's not as if he's taking these great shots downfield to where it's like, okay, well, they're, they're taking chances. That's why. I mean, in those past two weeks, the longest completion was 29 yards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to get it done. Like I said, I don't know that the vision is permanent. I don't. I wouldn't think so. I think it was more, more of to send a message to Tyler Van Dyke and hopefully for, for his sake and, and uh, the Hurricane's sake. Message received um, because if you he, think this is hurting his draft stock? Oh, definitely. I I haven't looked 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 at the projections, but I would be shocked if he's still projected to go anywhere near the first um, the first two days of the draft. Yeah, uh, the, way, the way he's performing. I mean, again, he has the arm talent, so he can definitely fight his way back up there. But um, this is, you know, I mean, I I don't see him. Um, holding steady at this point. You know, I definitely think some other quarterbacks like, you know, we mentioned last week, Michael Penix Jr., maybe even a Hendon Hooker. I don't know how well he projects, but, you know, I mean, there there are guys who... Hey, Hooker's a ball player. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. And then, and then the other game... Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma. Um, I mean, there's another quarterback to talk about in this game. Unfortunately, he doesn't play for Oklahoma. Yeah, Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez. I mean... Yeah. That you mentioned kid. your player of the week. That's my player of the week, Adrian oh. Martinez. 234 yards passing with a touchdown. Not bad. But 148 rushing with four TDs. I believe he averaged seven yards per carry he, on he, that. He got over he had over 20 carries, which to me, you know, defense. Okay. It's one thing when quarterback has beat you with a couple of scrambles. 20 plus carries means he's toting the rock. Yeah. So adjustments have to be made, and I'm assuming they had tried. But you know, hats off to Mr. Martinez. The, the guy played a phenomenal football game. Yeah, they really did. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, it was just a great performance by Martinez. Oklahoma, where do you go from here? Brent Venables, um, first year coach. Um, I'm not, I mean, Kansas State is it's not a terrible it's program. A I mean, game. Yeah, yeah, they're you, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, they're usually pretty pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I just would have, I just would expect Oklahoma, you know, to win this game, especially since that they, you know, they were having playoff aspirations. I didn't see it, you know, I, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, but you know, uh, you have to win games like this, especially at home. Yes, um, that's the heartbreaker of it. Yeah, like planning Manhattan is one of the toughest places to play, but they were not in Manhattan. No. Um. So yeah. And that's Manhattan, Kansas, people. Yeah, Manhattan, exactly. <laughs> there is two. The Little oh, Apple, is what yeah. they call it. Yeah. I just, I will say this. I do expect Oklahoma to bounce back and refocus against TCU this weekend. I just, man. They lost a lot of kids last, you know, this past offseason. Yeah. You know, Transfer and graduation. Yeah, they they lost a lot of talent, but I don't know how much is like, hey, what can Oklahoma do versus was it just Martinez and Kansas State just having that special type of game? You know, was it just that like, okay, tonight we're just not going to lose a football game versus because, you know, they weren't in the same situation as Miami. Miami just was outclassed from the first snap. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, like I said, like losing to Kansas State, there's no shame in that. I mean, no. they're a good team. They, um, they've been a solid team. I mean, you know, they will have their bad years, but they're usually traditionally a bowl team or competing for bowl games. So right. it's not, you know, the end of the world to lose this game. Um, I think if they, if Oklahoma still can conceivably run the table and st- find themselves in the mix, but. You know, it, but it is, you know, uh, one of the big upsets of the week. So I felt we had to talk about Oh, it. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And after those big upsets of the week, um, there was some shakeup in the polls. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on it? Have you checked that out yet? I have yet to look at the top 25 because what? I was pretty excited to see, you know, when you unveil it for me this weekend. All right. Week. All right. So, you know, the uh, top four. Oh, sorry, the top five remains the same with Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. USC is now up to number six. Kentucky, seven. Tennessee is number eight now. So that's a very big deal. Oklahoma State is nine. North Carolina State is number 10. North Carolina State actually has a big game against Clemson this week. So um, yeah. if if we're able to do a Friday show, that's definitely one of the games that we definitely have to have to kind of highlight. Um, very interesting game there. Penn State's 11. Utah, 12. Oregon, Ole Miss is at 14, Washington's at 15, Baylor, Texas A&M is at 17, Oklahoma falls to 18, BYU holds steady at 19, Arkansas drops 10 spots to 20, Minnesota's in the polls, uh, Wake Forest, Florida State, Pittsburgh, and Kansas State rounding out the top 25. Okay, well, first things about the top 25. My big question is this. What has Michigan done to be a top four, five team? I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you were good last year. You haven't really, you know, had a tough – I mean, you haven't really, you know, been tested that hard. Their best game this year has been against Maryland, and it didn't look very impressive. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Maryland did kind of challenge them a little bit. Um, this, I don't think any of us are under the impression Maryland's a good football team. Yeah, but it's one of the flaws in the preseason polls in general. I mean, it's yeah. one of the things where it's like – I get it. You know, you don't really have much to go on, so you, you have to go off last year and what you think, what you project. But um, with Michigan, that's a lot of unknowns. I I do think they are worthy because more so because I'm still not sold on Clemson. I'm still not USC hasn't been tested yet. And while I like Kentucky, I hype. You know, I've said Kentucky has a chance to win ten games this year, and I think they're they're on that track. Um, I honestly just don't feel they're as great of a team. I just think they're a product of having. A favorable, they have a pretty good team with a favorable schedule. Um, and it, 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 it's nothing wrong with that, you know. You play, right. you play, but you know, that's my opinion. Kentucky and then test Tennessee, you know. So I feel right now that's your top eight. And I mean, I don't, I, I don't have an issue with Maryland being, I mean, sorry, excuse me, Michigan being number four. No, I, I guess that's just more of my question. It's just okay, you know, I get it. And don't get me wrong, the top eight doesn't. Is all going to shake out. You know, most of these teams play each other. But Georgia, I mean, Georgia, just according to the top eight, 
You got a pretty tough role with Kentucky and Tennessee. I don't think anybody expected those two teams to be in the top ten. Um, big shocker there. But like you said, Clemson, North Carolina State, those guys got to play each other. You know, Southern Cal has to play Utah, and I'm sure they play Oregon at some point this year. Yes. Uh, so, look, in a few weeks, this will really start to clear up. You know, so I'm not upset at the top 25 yet. Okay. Okay. All right. But um, so players of the week, I know we've already gave ours away. So um, you mentioned Hendon Hooker. Uh, oh, yeah. So what was it that you um, – why did you feel that he deserved the player of the week? I mean, I know we talked about this, but – Yeah, I mean, the kid showed up against Florida, helped Tennessee get their second win in the last 18 years over Florida, and then – I think you. I think you said his name best in that first segment, Heisman Hooker. Yeah, I'm not saying it's his Heisman. I mean, moment. that was a mistake when I said it, but hey, it, it works. It works. Heisman Hooker. Print the T-shirts, Tennessee. Print the T-shirts. You got the idea here first. <laughs> Heisman Hooker. Yeah. I, the kid was spectacular, and he's been spectacular all season. But in that game. <sighs> I just and don't get me wrong, Richardson played a hell of a football game, but it this week it came down to Hooker versus Shane, and the only like I said the huge edge that went over Florida eighteen years that's a long time. Yeah, you know, only to get their second win. Nah, had to go Hooker. Yeah, and for me, you know, I guess like like mentioned earlier, uh, I pick Adrian Martinez. Again, not much need to be said. Five total touchdowns, one forty-eight rushing. They cannot, they cannot bring them down. Seven yards per carry from a quarterback is insane. Yeah. Um, they, Oklahoma just had no answer for him, and Adrian Martinez led Kansas State to a big upset victory and to top twenty-five in the poll. So, um, my player of the week goes to Adrian Martinez. He gets the help sticker for me. Oh yeah. All right. So we're gonna move on to this RPO now. Time to uh, run to the passage. Yep. You know. You know. The, you know the drill. I read a headline. If you like it, we can run with it. If not, we'll pass it. Let's go. All right. First headline. Um, Jeff Collins and AD out at Georgia Tech. Pass. Yeah, pass. Uh, fun fact, Jeff Collins, a former Mississippi State defensive coordinator, um, he went 10-28, bowed with 11.3 mil. They could have saved money. They waited, but they just want to get rid of them. So, oh wow, yeah, yes, pass on it. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Mike Lee says long corn recruiting calls sound like bull. I'll run with it. I mean, after listening to his argument, he's probably right. They, they're, you know, Texas might be exaggerating it a bit, <laughs> but even if they're he's off, you know, they're they're plusing it fifty thousand. I just. To even to spend two hundred thousand or a hundred thousand dollars in the weekend entertaining five ten people is is a ridiculous amount. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's like the movie Brewster's Millions, second like movie I brought up today actually. Um, for Richard Pryor, we had to spend you know like thirty million dollars in like thirty days or something like that. Like you know, you could say you could spend all this money, but it's not easy to spend all this money. So <laughs> wow, yeah. Unless you, yeah, you, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, honestly, I thought it was a fun story to bring up last week and a fun topic to bring up for the RPO because it is it is interesting discussion. But, um, yeah. So, all right, all right. Next topic we have here is Boise State starting quarterback Hank Bachmeyer to transfer following offensive coordinator's firing. I'm gonna pass be only because of one reason. Boys just say something very interesting. Although the kid transferring, I think is is a bigger topic. Yeah, that's why I brought the it actual up. I of, think you know, much bigger topic of what got he, fired, he's transferring out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh also we have the ACC suspended the ref who botched call in Notre Dame versus Cal game. Why would the ACC well, it, it was ACC officiating crew. Okay. 
Yeah. So I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you said run or not, but we just, we just run with it anyway. Hey, we go run real quick. Um. So basically, uh, I don't know what the the, the the situation was as far as score, but Notre Dame attempted a field goal, um, missed it, but that was offsides penalty call. That was not offsides. That's been proven by video evidence that wasn't offsides. And so Notre Dame ended up getting the ball back, ended up scoring, ended up getting the, the win over um, Cal. Now, the interesting thing was there was an addendum to this article after I, after I posted this earlier or after I um, you know, uh, submitted it for the RPO where apparently the coach who was supposed to be suspended did indeed uh, referee this weekend as well. So, I don't know. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, good job, yeah. ACC. Yeah, apparently he was back this week for, for, <laughs> for, for Notre Dame against North Carolina. So, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Good job. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Stephen A. Austin defeats Warner 98-0. Well, we're going to run with it. And I believe Stephen, you know, like this – <sighs> yeah, I think Stephen A. Austin is still running with it right now. Yeah, that's true, man. I, I'm gonna just say this: one, it's amazing they didn't break the record for most points scored. But two, for all the people who have a problem with this, what's the difference between what Stephen F. Austin the, did to this really, really small school? Yep. So what would that is cool. to them if they go play Texas A&M? Exactly. Like the only thing that I could see someone having a problem with. Now, here's an interesting fact about this game. Um, offensively, Stephen F. F. Austin only ran – see, my math is correct here. Uh, they only ran 52 plays offensively, but uh-huh. 35 of them was passing. So, um, But they did it with, like, the third and fourth string quarterback. So I don't think it was running up the score. I think it was just giving guys reps. Um, they even kneeled the ball – on a two-point conversion attempt in the fourth quarter to avoid uh, getting uh, 100. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I think I'd they paid Warner $75,000. And the Warner coach basically said, hey, you know, um, nobody knew who we were before the game, but now you know of us. So, hey, you know, publicity, publicity. If you want to come play football, you can go to Warner. Yeah, you never thought you could play college football. I mean, exactly. I, I don't like it, but hey, yeah. What can you do? Exactly. And then the final topic I have here is that um, the early uh, college football expansion meeting ends, but no decision has been made regarding twelve team playoff. Let's run with it really, really, really briefly. So, we get all this hype about a 12-team playoff. Yeah. They say they still need more time to decide. But they're unsure. I said yeah. I hope we don't get a 12-team playoff. I know we will. I think eight. I think six is a great number. I think eight is an okay number. Yeah. I think six is perfect for me. But, yeah, eight is, eight is fine. 12, I think, is too much. I do think 12 is going to happen. I just think they're just working out logistics. And I think they were trying to get it done by 2020. I mean, uh, get it. To start as soon as twenty twenty four, but I think that's kind of the hold up. So um, it I might just, be twenty twenty six. It's kind of what you know. Yeah, I mean, and especially they they got to figure out with these conferences who's going to be where. Yeah, Act 12, 10, whatever number they're going to be, will they still exist? You know, is the SEC done taking teams? <laughs> you know, probably not. Well, yeah, I mean, because let's be real here. If the SEC calls, you go. Yeah. I mean, I can see a world where, granted, we'll have to see a Florida or South Carolina prove of this, where Florida State and Clemson decide to join the SEC. I can see that happening at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't, I don't see South Carolina. Unlike Texas but, A&M, South Carolina, yeah. I vote no. Oh, I think they vote no, but I don't think they have any pool. Now, Florida, I, I can see them having some pool as far as keeping Florida State out, but, yeah, I don't see. No, no. no I, don't see, I don't see South South Carolina vote no, um, influencing the other commissioners. Oh no, it won't I mean, influence. I mean, the other AD, sorry. It won't influence, but you will see a fifteen to one, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and they will let Clemson know on their way in. We didn't want you here. <laughs> yeah. It won't change anything, but they're gonna vote no. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that's that's the RPO for this week. Um, so. This week, 
we're gonna like uh, move on though. We're gonna talk about basically our impressions of the first four weeks of the season. You know, who who do we feel are the early Heisman favorites? What are some of our impressions overall as a whole? Um, what so who would you have right now as your early Heisman favorite? I know we've mentioned one guy multiple times. I'm sure his name will come up again. But... Um, I think right now. Like if if I were to bet on who would win the Heisman, if it ended today, it probably would go to CJ Stroud. Yeah, but, but, but that was my pick, and that's still my pick. But yeah. and he has been really, really good. I just I think Hooker's got the excitement uh, right now. You know, especially coming out. You know what he's done at Tennessee so far, and and, and Stroud is just doing what Stroud's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, as far as other exciting players. <sighs> I think our team's figuring out Will Anderson this season. I mean, he's st- he still has four and a half sacks this year, so I yeah, mean, he he's doing good. So I mean, I mean, he's doing all right. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's still they doing haven't good. really been tested much with the exception of the game against Texas, and he did make you know a yeah. big play he's that game right. for four with a big sack. Oh. But I noticed, you know, the the TFLs aren't piling up as much this season. Yeah, and Grant, some of days I've seen some teams are just like screw it. If he's on the right side, we're going to the left. We yeah. don't care. Let's just get as far away from this guy as possible. Yeah, I still feel he's the best football player in the country. I couldn't argue it. Yeah. Um, the no. guy, like, I mean, you know, there's a lot of great quarterbacks. Hooker, Stroud, um, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams. Uh, another guy we brought up last week, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, Sam Hartman's my guy, you know. Like, there's a lot of great quarterbacks out there. But Will Anderson, I mean, I feel that he's the guy who can impact the game as much as those guys as, as a pass rusher. He's just not – even if he's not getting back there, the fact that you got to account for him, the fact that you got to leave a running back in to chip block as opposed to sending him out on the route, the fact that you have to, like, you know, provide help to the right tackle or left tackle, depending if he's moving around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They I move mean, him quite a bit. Yeah. He's, I will say he's so disruptive. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. Big game. Now you know I'm, I'm looking ahead. I'm doing what you're not supposed to. I'm gonna circle it. Third October. Oh yeah. Versus Alabama. It's gonna be because I'm sure Saban's gonna put him on the left side against Big Gerald Mincy, the youngster, young sophomore left tackle. <laughs> I mean, you know, truth be told, and you know, you chuckle, but this is how you earn yourself a paycheck, Mister Mincy. Yeah, you go out there and have yourself a football game. You go from an unknown left tackle to hey, this guy's going in the first round. So it's all it takes is one game of hey, he just mauled. So I would circle that date. I'm, I'm sure Mincy's got it. You know. If you can't get up for that game, I don't know what else can you, can you do. Yeah. But he, yeah, like um, for the first couple of months of the season, I do feel that um, that game is shaping up to be the biggest game of the first half of the season. Um, yeah. Um, and who thought who thought that? Coming yeah, exactly. Coming into the season, you know, I wasn't thinking that, but yeah, that's gonna be a uh, bill doozy. I'm I'm just I'm just so excited to see that Tennessee offense. At tempo, Josh Hypo, you know, we brought him up a few times, you know. Um, just, I, I'm just excited to see what they bring against Alabama's defense, how they intend to spread them out, how they intend to, you know, uh, keep them off balance on defense. Um, you know, that, that chess match between Saban and, and Hypo, I, I want to see that, you know. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good one. As, you know, in, this year, I will say the one thing that's been a bit of a shock. There hasn't been as much buzz around a lot of the defensive guys this year. You know, I, I, I thought, you know, I was looking forward to watching Piz defense, and I still can't pronounce his name, but he, he didn't do a whole lot against Tennessee, which, you know, I, look, I praise Tennessee's offensive line. The youngster held up against a, a pro. But, you know, Miles Murphy, he was supposed to be a big-time player for Clemson. Mm-hmm. You know, want to see a little bit more. Um, the big disappointment for me this year, 
and I just praised them earlier, but they they have been disappointing. Is that Texas A and M group? Yeah, it's one of the things where like if you could be a bad three and one team, that's Texas A and M right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I don't know what to say about them. Um, definitely. In their credit, they are finding ways to win. You know, they found a way to to win against Miami. Um, they found a way to win against um Arkansas. Arkansas. Um, but yeah, just because you're three and one doesn't mean you're good. That's a team in the SEC West who can vouch for that. Who I think is the worst team in the SEC potentially. And that's Auburn. They're also three and one. Yeah. But um, <laughs> they struggled against San Jose State. Um, I don't know. So, did you see the game against Missouri or seeing the highlights? Okay. No one should have watched that game. <laughs> basically, <laughs> though, basically, it was kind of a case where it's like, you know, like, they were basically just trying to give the game away. Both teams were. It's like that old cartoon where it'd be like, after you. No, no, no. After you. No, no, no. I insist. After those, those it was, That's basically what they were. Like, you know, no, you win the game. No, no, no. You win the game. No, after you. Like it was terrible. It was terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, Auburn, I will say, it's Auburn is not disappointing me. You know, because I ain't expect him to be a whole lot. I just can't wait. I cannot wait to see the game. Good, clean, old fashioned hate. October eighth. Oh man, I'm excited. Auburn. I'm excited. Oh, as you can tell, I don't like Auburn. I'm excited for that game. Um, yeah. I. <sighs> I just, I mean, you know, but you know, you say that, but Auburn is weird. They will get up for those big rivalry games. This is true. This is and, true. I, I, I can see them, you know, against Georgia having one of the best games of the season, yeah, like, scoring 10 points. I mean, I can see yeah, it happening. This is it, like, it's crazy to me, Sonny. I heard what you said, but Auburn <laughs> is that weird team where you're like, this team has no business being on the field with you, Georgia. Yeah. And then, you, and now look, it's once again it's one of those trap games for Georgia. Yeah, you play around too much. Let Auburn for some reason think they can be in this game. Yeah. And now you find yourself in a not, even, well, not a shootout because Auburn can't win a shootout, but you find yourself in a tight football game. So, I will say though, if you're Auburn though, you got LSU this week and you got them at home. Yes, I, I think that's a winnable game. I think LSU wins the game. LSU um, still win the game. Yeah, I, I think they win a the game, but LSU also does not have an identity. Um, yes, so, drop back, tell the quarterback, make a play. I I guess that works. Um, that's high yeah. football. I don't. So, so that's going to be an intriguing game. Um, so I mean, I do think that I think I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Auburn is four and one going to Georgia. I don't see them again. I don't see them beating LSU, but if they win, I would not be surprised. It still doesn't take away from the fact that I think they're a terrible football team. Yeah, they're, they're not. Um, now, the record is lying a bit. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if they were to beat LSU, though, I could see them gaining confidence, and that's you know, that's the spark you need because, like I, I know I probably mentioned this a while back. I don't think they're going to a bowl game. However, they have Western Kentucky coming up, which is which you know that that, that should be win number four. And yeah. then if you can somehow get two between LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, A&M, Arkansas, quite possible. I mean, I, I can see you getting two of those, you know. So yeah, Auburn, they just need, as bad as they are, might they still make a bowl game. As much as I joke about them, you know, they still might have a chance. So who – I mean, they're obviously going to be going for, on a coaching search at the end of this season. Oh, it, it, even, uh, I feel like unless they go like eight and four, which I don't see happening, no. Carson is gone. They yeah. don't want them there. Um, the pro because even if they do go six and six or seven and five, which I don't see happening at all, but it would be an overachievement. But it's still, you know, the no. fact that the program's gotten to that point, I think, is kind of enough where it's like, okay, we need to um, make a change here. He's gone. Yeah, the big surprise. Uh, well, there's two. One is you know Tennessee being that big of a game. We we've talked about Tennessee enough. Yeah. This this team being as good. But the big surprise in general is the SEC East. Yeah, I agree. I honestly Florida's like, a good football team. I know they're not ranked, but 
you know, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, yeah, Florida. They have three teams in the top ten right now. That's yeah. something that we haven't seen from the SEC East in a long time. Yeah, they used to be the SEC least. Not anymore. Not I still anymore. think that Vandy in Missouri is god awful. But well, hey, Vandy is there to keep everybody's the, the league GPA up. Yeah, basically, yeah. You know. And then they wait till baseball season and take it out on everybody. Yeah, I remember, you know, uh, Fred Smoot once had a comment that he told a, a Vandy receiver that he would let him get a catch if he did his homework for him. See? No. <laughs> hey, you never know. You know, you might need that Vandy account one day. <laughs> don't, 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 don't treat Vandy too bad. But, I mean, Missouri's. I think people forget Missouri's in the SEC at times. I I forget sometimes. Yeah, it's that 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 team's a bit embarrassing, but the rest of the SEC East has been really good. So, you know, hats off to them. Um, one disappointment I've had is the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I I'm not impressed with. Any of the teams in the league, USC, you know, and they were a pick I have to make it to the college football playoffs, but I don't think they're actually that good of a football team. I I just think their conference is just that bad. I don't yeah. see a whole lot of challenge. And they haven't really been tested yet either. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, they've been tested by Oregon State. Oregon State played them close, but what I mean is that they haven't really faced a team that going into the game you're just like, okay, this is going to be a tough tough game. And they don't have that on the schedule. Um, they have Utah. That's their toughest team for me. Looking at the schedule, Utah is the only team that they play that's currently ranked. Right. And I was, um, they, Notre Dame is not ranked. They, they, they don't draw Oregon this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they could very easily um, finish 11-1-12-0 this season. Very easily. <laughs> I mean, um, they go twelve and zero. They're in the playoffs. Eleven and one might be a stretch because they haven't played anybody. Yeah, the Notre Dame game doesn't look like it's going to be that good. Yeah, they got Arizona State this week, who is in shambles right now. They just got yeah. rid of Herm Edwards. They're facing probation. Uh, Washington State is actually a sneak, a sneaky team, though. That's a team that I could see sneaking up, sticking up on them. But that's it. You yeah, know, that's that's in L.A. though. That's in the Coliseum. Right. So, at not, Utah, October fifteenth. That's the game that I'm, I'm circling from USC. You get past that, um, everything else looks pretty easy. Okay. Uh, looks easier. Now, what? Who? Who are some of your disappointments or surprises? Um, disappointments for me. I got to go with Miami and Notre Dame. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, it's basically just that Miami Notre Dame. I, I think we've talked about both teams enough. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, Notre Dame was. I expected more, especially because I'm a firm believer, especially on the collegiate level. If you give me two, three guys on the offensive line who are going to go play on Sundays and be impact players, um, we should be able to run the football. Notre Dame can't run the football. Yeah, I, I that that just blows my mind that that team loses their coach. Well. Yeah. They actually rushed the ball very well against North Carolina. Oh, okay. You know, because they struggled early in the season. Yeah, they were. <laughs> um, it's just and like I said, the defense can play. You know, they've got some ball players in their defense. They got two brothers on there. Uh, I want to say they're twins. Uh, but they both play edge. Like, yeah, they got some ball. Um, a demo Lola, whatever. Yeah. 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 But they said they got guys who are going to play on Sundays on that defense. I just I, – I expected more. And like you said, Miami, I mean – Yeah. It, and, and with Miami, even if they would have barely beat Middle Tennessee State, I still would have probably mentioned them as, as, as a disappointment team. But the way that they lost, plus the loss to Texas A&M, because the game against Texas A&M, you put up nine points on the board um, – you have a muff punt. You miss two field goals. Like it's just, but you it's, faced it's a bad that, performance. Yeah, you know it. I, I there's a, there's a lot of questions surrounding Miami. You know, I want to go back. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I want to go back and watch their game against Mid Tennessee to see what was going on because 
this is twice now. You know, the offensive line, according to the stat book, didn't play well against Mid Tennessee. Yeah. But against AM, and like I said, we know AM has been struggling with their D line play. But how do you give up sacks in Mid Tennessee and you give up none versus AM? You have more TFLs versus Mid Tennessee than versus AM. Like, something's not adding up. Yeah, that that game something's gotta be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to make of Miami. Um, Tyler Van Dyke has to step it up. But like, you can't be this highly tired of a quarterback and barely throw for over fifty percent in your last two games. That just can't. It can't happen. That's that's not acceptable. Uh, yeah, and especially against Middle Tennessee State. That's that's one of those games where it's like you know that's your stat padding game. That's your yeah. game where you, you know, you post and no, no disrespect to Middle Tennessee State at all. Props yeah. to them. Uh, but that's one of the games where you should come out and throw for 300 yards in, a, in three quarters. Yes. Yeah, and plus, have your rest in the fourth quarter. Let the backups get in. Yeah. And he, he chilling with a ball cap in the fourth And sadly quarter. enough, the backup got in, but not in the way no, that it's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, so, the, so those are my disappointments. Surprise team. We've talked about them a lot. I'm going to bring them up again. Tennessee, that's just really my surprise. Not necessarily that they're 4-0 because I do feel that, like, they had a couple of tests with Florida and Pitt, but it's more of how they won both those games. Like, against Florida, they're very impressive. Against Pitt, they're impressive as well. Um, We mentioned the offense, you know, ad nauseum. Um, Josh Heupel, ad nauseum. So they have just a very exciting offense. And just watching it come to fruition, watching Hindu Hooker lead that offense, not only in the passing game, but also on the ground. Um, yeah, I mean, Tennessee, you know, they definitely are a team that I think kind of surprised some people. And um, I'm kind of one of those people because, you know, we've mentioned it before, Tennessee is preseason champions year after year. But this yeah. year, they might actually compete for the East. So if you're a Tennessee fan, you got to be excited about that. The plus side for Tennessee this year, you know, even if – they play, you know. Let's say they go into the Bama game, five and zero. It's five and zero versus five and zero. Even if they walk out with a loss, they're still in control. Of their destiny in terms of getting to Atlanta. Yeah. You know, it's not the end all be all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If Tennessee loses to Georgia, but went out, I could and so. That would mean that that would mean that would be Bama though. But if, if like I said, but if they could win one of those two games, you know, and they can conceivably find themselves in the playoffs with yes. playoffs. Um, yeah, they I, only got to win one. They don't. Have to yeah, win both. and obviously, if you beat Georgia, you win the East. So that's you know kind of a tricky thing where you have to face Bama twice. But but yeah. Um, but I mean, to me, if you're Tennessee, if you if you can find yourself to New Year's Six. Oh yeah, I think they go. See, I I I think they're gonna go New Year's Six. I honestly feel that Kentucky and Tennessee is gonna battle for a New Year's Six spot. I can see them both going, but I honestly do feel that um, I do feel one of those teams going to, is gonna go to a uh, New Year's Six bowl. It's not a bowl statement at all. I, I think that's no. I I think they both yeah oh, no. yeah. But I I think I think it'll be Tennessee for sure. Um, I can also see in the West. I can see Ole Miss going um to a um to a New Year's Six Bowl, not because I think Ole Miss is any good, because I think they're dog dog water, but because they have an easy schedule. Um, I can see them going nine and three this year, and finishing like number thirteen or tw- or fourteen, and you know going to a New Year's Six Bowl because of that. I can see that <laughs> happening. So I do feel that Ole Miss, you know, is, is going to be um, gonna have the best chance of other teams from the West. Um, I don't think it's gonna be A and M with where they've played. Arkansas is kind of tricky. I could, you know, they can find a way back in there, but I don't know. Uh, I definitely don't think it's Mississippi State. I don't think it's LSU either. And we've talked enough about Auburn to know how I feel about that. So I think uh, Ole Miss has the, the best chance for the West <laughs> to have a New Year's Six Bowl. So I, I can see them having four teams, you know, in that mix. Um, your two playoff teams. Kentucky or Tennessee and Ole Miss. Okay. Kind of my, my prediction as far now, as looking forward to for the next four over the next four weeks. You know, well, see from let's say 
what do you want to see out of Ohio State in these next couple of weeks? Ooh. We haven't talked about the Big Ten very much. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, I feel like Ohio State has just been business as usual. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you know, they just played Wisconsin and beat them 52-21. Um, they got Rutgers this week. And let me see who else they got coming up. Let me pull up the schedule real quick. Yeah, Michigan State. So, honestly, the next few weeks, the, the only game that uh, seems like something that we need to keep an eye on is the game against Penn State. Yeah, that's um, Yeah. If they get past that, which I expect them to, you got the game against Michigan. Those are your, your two games if you're Ohio State. Outside of that, it just you just got to take care of business and look impressive doing it. They've always you – know, Ohio. the reason I ask is because, you know, now we're entering October. You know, next four weeks is October and November. And, you know, this is when the weather's getting a little colder. It's getting cooler outside. The, you know, I'm wondering to see who, who's going to have that night game on the road where, hey, this team's going to slip up. So that's the only thing I can say. I, I, was, I was curious about Ohio State because they've struggled at this around this time of the year. Yeah, as yeah. they have. They have. They've um, slipped up before. Um, but, yeah, they, they go to Penn State October 29th. That's going to be the game that I would have circled if I'm an Ohio State fan. Um, to get past that, I think it's smooth sailing until you get to Michigan. Um, but, yeah. Um, right before Halloween. Will it be a trick or a treat? We shall see. <laughs> yeah, we shall see. Yeah, so, I mean, so they've been impressive. Uh, Michigan, another team that, you know, we talked about them. Um, another team, I think, you know, Business as usual. I mean, they did struggle a little bit against Maryland. Yeah. But, again, Penn State, that's the game you kind of circle until you get to Ohio State. So, in both cases, you know, Penn State's your, your one game. I just don't feel the Big Ten is that strong this year, no. um, ultimately. I feel like it's a two-team league with Michigan and Ohio State. And in the East, I mean, sorry, in the West, you know, um, I mean, who do you have? Minnesota's undefeated right now. Yeah, but that's not going to last. Yeah, I mean, you have Iowa. So, your three best teams are all in the East. Um, and play offense. Yeah. So it's it's the Big Ten. You know, huh, when they get USC, maybe that help booster up a little bit. But I know I noticed that we're not talking about the Big Ten too much. And to say that the quote unquote second best conference, it doesn't seem like it right now. Yeah, not right now. I, I do think you know. I do think the um, Ohio State, and Michigan are well. Most of Ohio State, Michigan is still kind of waiting to see more. But I do feel that. Um, Ohio State is, is legitimately one of the top four teams in the country. So I don't think it's just a case of them just playing nobodies and just, you know, padding up their ranking. I do, I do feel that they are that good. The question of Ohio State has always been, what's going to happen when the playoffs come? Because, they, you know, they meet up against the SEC teams and they fold. Um, so the question would be, will they get over that hump with me? You know, the first year of the, of the college football playoff, you know, they surprised everybody, won it all. And they haven't really been very successful in the playoffs since. Right. Well, we shall see. You know, it's going to be a good slate of games this weekend. Can't wait to see them. Yeah. You got anything else to add? No, honestly, that's really about it. I mean, like I said, like we've, you know, we've touched on everything. I do think, um, I do agree with you about, you know, the Big Ten. You know, there's a lot of questions to be had there. Pac 12, a lot of questions to be had, particularly with USC. The fact yeah. that they have not been tested, I want to, I, I would like to see them tested, but I don't think we're going to get that test. Um, interesting to see the Heisman race. Interesting to see if any of Cooker, Stroud, Young, Williams, Anderson, and even Michael Penix Jr. I mean, interesting to see if anybody creates that separate uh, separation and starts to submit themselves. We're still early right now with, with guys still just kind of like padding stats and just making a name for themselves, but mm-hmm. October's coming up. This is the week where you start to get that separation. Yeah. Um, this is when, you know, you start to see um, who's who the real the, deal. Yeah, you know? who are the true contenders and who are the pretenders. Yeah, and also it's very fluid. You know, I, I remember uh, in October, Kenneth Walker was the runaway favorite last season for the Heisman. Uh, yeah. So you can't take that stuff. You can't take it too seriously, but um, – but yeah, it's definitely something that I'm looking looking forward to. And like you said, exciting state of games. Clemson, NC State, Old Miss, Kentucky. Probably the two biggest games, I believe. Um, I could be missing a game, but um, but yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to, to, to those games and we'll just see what happens. All right. 
All right. But um, that about do it for this episode, edition of INT's the podcast, though. Um, we hope to be back Friday with a three-man show. Uh, I'm currently dealing with the hurricane, so we'll see, you know, how that plays out. Uh, if I have power or not, I'm yeah. guessing not. But, but yeah, so, but, yeah, until then, though, I'm your host, A-Train. This is King, and we out. All right, y'all have a good one.